Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 232. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. First-time listeners, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. We are back on home soil after attending the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and we'll continue to wrap up what we saw there. These include a drone that can take a passenger, the Star Wars battle drones, the smart kitchen, the cat's pad, and the wearable e-skin. We'll also chat to High Sensors Andre Iannuzzi about the company's new 4K TVs unveiled at CES. Also on the show, Huawei and HTC unveil new smartphones. Samsung's Gear S smartwatches can now work with Apple products. And we take a look back at the 10 years of the iPhone. And we're going to finish off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you, so let's get cracking. First up on the show, we are still wrapping up what we saw at the Consumer Electronics Show, a massive show in Vegas. We are happy to be back in Australia. We spent two weeks in the US, happy to be back on home soil, but we still have a fair bit to talk about uh, around the CES, what we saw at CES anyway. One of them, one of the big things we want to talk about is the Ehang 184 AAV drone. Now, this is a drone that can take a passenger. This drone was at the show last year, but it was there, sitting there as a prototype. Nothing, it hadn't lifted off the ground. But this time around, a year later, testing is already underway in China. So the Ehang 184, it's called an AAV because it's an automated aerial vehicle. Normally a drone's called a UAV, which is an unmanned aerial vehicle. Well, in this case, with the Ehang 184, it is uh, big enough to seat a passenger. Now, it's an autonomous vehicle. That means that the passenger has no control over the drone. And that may sound a little weird, a little scary, but it's automated. So it's it's like pressing a button in the lift. You don't drive the lift yourself. You see, if you want to go to the 10th floor, you hit number 10 and the doors open and you're at the 10th floor. Similar thing with the Ehang 184. You enter your destination and it will lift off take you there, land again, and you're there at wherever destination. Short to medium trip. So don't don't think you're going to fly across Australia with this thing in one hit. It's not going to work that way. 
it's going to be short to medium-sized trips. And the reason it's automated as well, another big reason is that if it wasn't automated uh, and there were manual controls on board, the only people who could fly the drone would be licensed pilots, a licensed drone pilots and even licensed aircraft pilots. And that kind of limits the market for this type of product. So that's the reason why they're keeping it as an autonomous drone. The uh, the testing, as I said, has started in China. So who knows when we're going to see an autonomous drone picking you up for your journey. There was plenty of talk about autonomous self-driving cars, so autonomous driving, but that's still that's still many, many years away. I think that autonomous drone flight will probably arrive sooner than autonomous cars. And recently, we should add to this that Uber released a white paper detailing the future of their service. And one part of that that white paper was a, a, to, a plan to create a network called Elevate, which described on-demand fully electric aircraft just like the E-Hang 184. So they would take off, uh, pick you up, and uh, then take you where you need to go, land automatically using sensors and cameras, uh, and you'll be arriving at your destination. So that could be the Uber of the future. This is the closest thing we've seen to a flying car by a long shot. So uh, it is a really interesting prospect. But while on the subject of drones at the Consumer Electronics Show, Another particular drone caught our eye, and they were the Star Wars battle drones. These were unbelievable. There are three of them in the range. They're not available in Australia till March. Sorry, till May. So uh, in in the US, these are already available. They uh, there are three types you can buy. You can buy the Tie Fighter, the Advanced X One, the T sixty five X Wing or the 74Z speeder bike, as was seen in Return of the Jedi. And there is rumours that the Millennium Falcon will also be available later in the year. Now, you have to remember, these are battle drones. So there's no cameras on board. You're not, you're not using anything to take, these, to take photos. These are designed for you to fly against uh, your friends and compete. And the, these are battle drones because they hatch, actually have a laser tag capability. The, the the execution of the whole thing is remarkable. It uses all the Star Wars music quotes. All, all of the, the, the things you'd associate with a Star Wars film is actually part of the experience. And when you turn the remote control on, the music plays. Even when you open the packaging each time, the lights come on and, and scene uh, and dialogue and music from the movies are playing. It is, if you're a Star Wars fan, these are irresistible. And I, I've got to confess, I bought the X-Wing, uh, the sorry, the TIE Fighter, uh, and brought it home with me to Australia. I could not wait till May. I put my money down and decided to bring it home, and it is absolutely amazing. Now, these things, they can fly at up to 58 kilometres an hour, so they're very zippy. Uh, so not not like a larger drone that's that's a bit more uh, that that sits there and and is easy to control. These are very nimble little drones, so they do take some practice. They fly for about eight minutes per battery, but you do get two batteries in the package. Each battery can be charged in fourteen minutes. So you have your two charged batteries. You've got to probably have about sixteen minutes of flight time. Uh, they are, they've got all the realistic sound effects, so all the laser sounds, all the music, even the quotes uh, from the film play while you're flying the ships. They are truly remarkable. They are $200 US. Uh, God knows what price they're going to be here in Australia in May, probably closer to $300, maybe even $350. 
but these are so, definitely something to keep an eye out for. The Star Wars battle drones and the story about the Ehang 184, you can read about them at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, while we were at CES, CES was obviously a, a massive breadth of products, a massive range of products and product types, and smart products were obviously a very big part of the picture. And one area of the home that was addressed by Whirlpool's new kitchen appliances was that exact part of the home, the kitchen. So kitchen appliances, we're talking ovens, wall ovens, microwaves, these are they were on display and and they were it was a great way to see uh, they, they did gave a great demonstration on how they can be used and how they can be used to make your life a little bit easier. Starting off with the cooking, the new smart ovens and microwaves, they've got proximity sensors. They remember what you cook and what time of the day you cook it. So if you heat up porridge in the morning, for example, when you approach the microwave in the morning, it'll say, would you like me to heat up your porridge again? And everything will be there pre-programmed. All you do is press the start button. Little things like that. But moving on, there are other features like the scan to cook feature. And what this basically allows you to do through the Whirlpool app, which is connected then to the Whirlpool wall ovens and microwaves, the scan to cook feature is exactly what its name suggests. You get the packaging, whether it's frozen or packaged food, and usually on the back of back of those packets are cooking instructions, quite complicated cooking instructions in some cases. What you do, what you do is scan the barcode. Those cooking instructions are then brought into the app and sent to the microwave or oven or whatever appliance you've chosen to cook your meal. So those instructions are sent to that product. So it even includes preheating instructions, the, the maximum temperature, the length of cooking, all that's transferred to the oven So or the microwave, and all you've got to do is just turn it on once the food's inside. So there's no you need you to read the packaging, work out how long it's going to take. Even in the case of you, if you're, say, heating up soup, for example, and as you know, if you're cooking soup, you've probably got to give it a minute or two, stir it, give it another minute. With the new Whirlpools, they actually send you a reminder. So if you're heating up soup, for example, and it does need to stir, you could get a notification on your phone to say, Oi, come and, come and open the microwave and give me a stir and then hit start again. So the, these little touches, they do help with the experience, make it a little bit easier, a bit more intuitive. They're also going to be connected to Amazon's Alexa voice service as well. So you'll be able to uh, talk to these ovens, ask for recipes, uh, just get general information. That'll maybe even play your music, so maybe on their smart fridges as well. But uh, at the end of the line, though, uh, this is what I liked about the Whirlpool stand. They had a recycler, a food recycler named Zira. And this sat, sits at the end of your bench top. So after a week's worth of food scraps, uh, what you can do is toss them into Zira, and what you do is place an additive inside. So that not only assists with the breakdown of the food and the process of turning it into recycled fertilizer. So what what it also does is sort of it reduces the smell of, that comes out of Zira. So Zira is a sealed product, but the additive is kind of like an air freshener for the inside of the uh, product as well. So at the end of your week, you toss in all your scraps, and in 24 hours, the Zira will create fertilizer for your garden. And at the end of the line, what you get is this brown powdery substance that looks like ground coffee beans, and that's simply scattered in the garden. 
And there you got your own, you've made your own fertilizer from your own food scraps. So rather than rather than tossing it out with the garbage, you can actually recycle all your food scraps and turn them into a lovely fertilizer that's going to be great for your garden. The Whirlpool Smart Kitchen. You can check out that story also at techguide.com.au. There were a couple of other smart products that we did write about at the Consumer Electronics Show, and one of them is a device called the Cat's Pad. Now, I know all you dog lovers, I did speak a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the smart dog collar. Well, I thought to even up the score, I'd have to get a, find a product that's for cat owners as well. And this is that product, Cat's Pad is a little product that you put in the corner and it looks after the cat's food and the cat's water. And by looking after, what I mean is it stores it there in there and can can keep track of how much food your and water your cat consumes and can keep track of this through a smartphone app. Now, cats tend to graze on their food, I understand. I I'm not a cat owner. I'm a dog owner. But cat uh, cats apparently eat small amounts 10 to 15 times a day. So the one, one, one way to, to keep an eye on the whole process is with this a product like Cat's Pad that can see exactly how much food the cat is eating. And apparently one indicator, if, if there is an indication that of, of an onset of sickness or disease in your cat, it's usually uh, the sign of that is them eating, their eating habits altering, so them eating le- a lot less. So it is a great way to monitor your cat's health in that way. On the water side as well, it's also got a filtration system that takes all the chemicals out of tap water and also creates a little running, little waterfall on the front of the product, which apparently attracts the cat to drink more they they see the moving water encourages the cat to go and have another drink so either way your cat's going to be happy plenty of food on offer there's fresh water and filtered water too mind you and it also allows you i think it works by weight so how much food is taken out of the uh, out of the container out of the little tray at the front of the it looks like a little looks like a bean with a big hole in the front you can see pictures on tech guide there's also the smartphone app that helps you keep track of that as well but if you are a cat lover and you do want to take care of your little kitty cat then the cat's pad could be the product for you. You should check it out at techguide.com.au. Uh, and another product that we talked about, that we wrote about on Tech Guide, was uh, this product from a company called Zonoma, and that's with a Zonoma with an X. And it's the e-skin. Now it's like a it's like a, a garment that you would wear, like a tight uh, tight lycra type lycra top. And there are all these sensors that are that are built into the fabric, so it's with a, it's made with printed circuit fabric, so that it can maintain uh, its its integrity with extreme. It can handle extreme and repeated movements, so it can be used for various uh, various ways in, in ver- for various uh, reasons. And uh, what we what we've seen is that there's also a software or already a software developers kit that allows developers to create uh, work, to create apps and uses for this product. One, one great example is for gaming. 
virtual reality is big at the moment. So imagine wearing a shirt that's got all of your all the controls on it. So you don't have to have a controller in your hand. Your body is the controller. You can then, in the virtual reality game, then control, do all kinds of things, whether it's a fighting game or a shooting game or whatever it happens to be. You've got control. There's up to 14 different sensors that monitor the wearer's motions. Another use for it is also in healthcare. You imagine uh, being able to monitor a patient, maybe their range of movement of their arm or uh, monitoring how they sleep, things like that. These use cases are already being looked at. And also, of course, in in the sporting world, uh, sport and fitness world, this is the ultimate wearable. It can tell you how many repetitions you did at the gym of a certain exercise or how many how many other various exercises you've done. So this is uh, rather than wearing something around your wrist that can track your steps, how about something that can track whatever you do in your, while you're exercising? That is the potential for the Zenoma eSkin. Uh, both of those stories, the Cats Pad and the Zenoma eSkin, we've, both, we've done videos on them on Tech Guide. There's pictures there as well. And all the full wrap-up of everything that we saw at CES, you can check out all of that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos, or credit card details, to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it, can be in, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether, it's, so whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi privacy on the App Store or the Google Play Store. One last story about uh, from CES is from Hisense. We uh, we had a look at the Hisense stand and took a look at their new their uh, the new ULED TVs, which uh, look really rather smart. I've got to say, these uh, there's a series eight and the series nine that have been released. And these are uh, their 4K capability. They've got amazing industrial design. The Series 8, I think it's about only like 4 millimeters at its thinnest point. Uh, the, the sizes there go up to 55 inches. The Series 9 then uh, take it up to 75 and even 85 inches. But the thing with Hisense, and they've been compared to some of the bigger brands in terms of picture quality uh, and, and with some of the prime premium brands, and you're paying thousands of dollars less. And the quality's there. Uh, they said that the only difference is the logo and the price when it comes to comparing the new Hisense TVs with uh, some of the top-of-the-line models that you can find from rival companies. The the Consumer Electronics Show did showcase uh, the fact that Hisense has really had some strong momentum in 2016 and also coming into 2017. And while we were there, we caught up with Andre Iannuzzi, who's the uh, Hisense product manager, about all of those things that we mentioned, that the the momentum of the brand, what we can expect in 2017, and just about all, and and we had a good chat about all the improvements we can expect to see from those new Series 8 and Series 9 TVs. Here's what he had to say earlier. 
Hi, Andre. Thanks for joining me on the Tech Guide podcast. We're here at the High Sense stand at CES 2017. How's it going so far? There's some some crazy momentum that the brand has achieved in 2016. Tell us about how you're starting off 2017. Well, thank you, Stephen, for having me. Uh, we've got uh, we're actually finishing off on a huge 2016 year. So 2017 for us is a very exciting uh, space for us. We're launching two series uh, in uh, two additional series to our ULED uh, series in Australia, which is Series Eight and Series Nine. So for the first time, we'll be launching our UHD Premium Certified Televisions, a thousand nits. Uh, super high end and obviously for us it's where consumers are asking us to obviously to move towards yep. higher obviously uh, higher technology product better designs yep. and uh, and larger size but the reason for that momentum I guess is that, that, that quality the features but at an affordable price that 100%. seems to be the difference there yep. so I noticed with the series 8 the, uh, the picture quality is there, but the design really caught my mm. eye too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a huge part, right? So it's it's uh, when you look at the, the purchase of a product, any consumer, myself, anybody, any consumer, you're looking at the full rounded aspect of the product. So you're looking at the features, the tech aspects, but it, the design of the product is never forgotten. So one area for us, obviously, if we're going to introduce a, a more premium range in Series 8, is that really sophisticated, elegant design, which we've really, uh, which we're really delivered on that series, and nine. So, so but under Underlying all, all of that is also the ULED technology. Yep. More than 20 patents on board. Yep. Local dimming, contrast, colour, accuracy. Mm. It's all there. It's all there. So again, for us, that that underlying ULED premium technology for us is an is an absolutely important aspect. So it allows us to be able to talk on uh, on similar terms, on near equal terms, with a lot of the existing large players. And for us, you know, consumers are really switching on. They're really understanding that more rounded benefit of just be looking beyond the brand and actually focusing on that picture quality. There was an interesting thing said at your press conference yesterday, where a lot of a lot of comparisons made between a high sense TV and a, and a larger brand. Yeah. Uh, and they said the only difference is the logo and the price. <laughs> Is that uh, that's kind of sums it up, doesn't it? For, well, for your yeah. customers, of course, they've made that discovery. Yep, hundred percent. And I, you know, uh, it'd be it'd be uh, it'd be a strange thing for me to just stand here and, and say that. Um, but when you we've got over twenty or fifteen to twenty reviewers in Australia, tech journals who are putting it side by side and actually you know rewarding us and giving us and, and really commending us for the technology aspect that's that's you know benchmarked against the the, yeah. the, the biggest players. Well, I get a lot of listeners and readers asking me why is this TV so much cheaper than. Yeah. The, What's, what's the catch? Yeah, yeah. And I think they need that validation from someone like yeah. yourself or for me or a yeah. reviewer and they're making the discovery for themselves. That's right. And, and I think, you know, it's, an, it's a really important point. You know, pricing is an emotional barrier as well. If it's too expensive, it's an emotional barrier. Why is it so expensive? If it's yeah. too cheap, then you start questioning why. Yeah, sure. But if you look at the fundamentals of the Hisense brand and how we're positioning it in Australia, is we're trying to lower the barrier of entry for consumers to access the best technology available that yeah. we can offer. And what about the bigger screens? I know that it's uh, sort of the, the popular size now is sort of 55-inch. Yep, correct. That's what, kind of where it's... Yep. where it's at at the moment, but yep. getting bigger. Yep. And you're responding with that with Series 9, is that right? That's right. So for us, uh, Series 9 is our Quantum Dot 75-inch and 85-inch uh, television models, so a huge step 85 up. 85 inches. 85 inches. That's inches. a big TV. It is a monster TV. But 75 inches, well, that's also pretty large. It is very big. But the customer, I guess, can be looking at that you'll have that Quantum Dot quality. Yep. 
and looking at the prices, there'll maybe some strong comparisons to being able to afford a much bigger TV now when compared to a brand, another brand's pricing of a smaller television. That's right. So, I, you know, it, it, it does get confusing for the consumer because you look at all of these different brands, different acronyms for different things, and ultimately for the consumer, it actually comes down to the basic four core principles of what ULED is, which is really, for us, those 20 global patents of improving contrast quality, uh, color color contrast as well, and uh, resolution, and uh, and obviously in motion. Yes. So really, it's really always goes back to those basic fundamentals of what picture quality is, yes. and really constantly refining, tweaking them, and improving them. But balancing that with indu- great industrial design, and of course, you can't ever forget the energy saving capacity of new technologies. We, we should also add that it's ULED technology on board, premium. You've got the premium sticker now on the on the TV. That's right, yeah. So ULED technology now. In 2016, we had one series. Our Series 7 was our ULED flagship model. We're going to continue with, ULED, with Series 7 this year, add U, uh, Series 8 and 9. The big difference for us is Series 8 and 9 will be UHD premium certified, which means uh, and to be able to actually access that UHD premium certification, you need a certain, um, uh, I guess, a, a much higher level of brightness and picture quality which goes beyond just basic 4K, which is unbelievable. So but that means that you'll get all the Netflix, the, the premium Netflix that's right. content. That's right. And we should also mention that Stan is now available. Is that right, That's Stan? correct. That's exactly right. The popular, that's the Australian subscription video on demand yep. service. And it's important for us, right? We need to, we can't just come in with US-based content uh, services and app platforms, although extremely important. Mm-hmm. We're a global Netflix partner, so we're, we're obviously not walking we away from sh- that. But Stan is an important part. Absolutely. We should remind listeners that even uh, customers who've got a 2015 or 2016 TV are also going to get Stan, so their TV may have upgraded already and they'll see a little logo in there now, is that right? Correct. All they'll need is actually have it connected to power and connected to the internet and the actual Stan logo will appear in their home home menu and their user interface and their smart TV interface. Andre, thanks for joining us on the Tech Guide podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Stephen. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, Huawei and HTC have just announced some new products. Uh, we'll start with HTC. They just unveiled the new, the U Ultra smartphone. Now, this is a bit of a departure for HTC in terms of design. We're looking at uh, there's a 5.7 uh, d- device and a 5.2 inch device. The 5.7 is called the U Ultra, and the 5.2 is called the U Play. The features are the same, just the screen size is slightly different. And they have this uh, this eye-catching design. They called it liquid surface. So it, it is actually like bonded glass so that it's evenly molded around the edges at high pressure uh, and available in three colors, white, black, and blue. Uh, very reflective. Very So you're seeing yourself, uh, your reflection in the phone. So it's very much about the user and the phone getting to know the user as well. Uh, the the U devices have introduced this new HCC Sense Companion, which is a way where the phone is continually learning about you, about your habits, what you like to do, when you like to do it. And it is going to be your companion to remind you to do things, to see if you're still going to do the same thing you normally do. You normally stop off for a coffee somewhere. Uh, it's, going to, it's going to rain today. Take an umbrella. It'll say, look, you're going out later tonight. I notice there's a calendar appointment. You haven't got enough charge in your phone. Maybe give it a charge. Even recommend places to go, maybe on trips away. It knows you love Thai food, for example. You go on away on a holiday. It'll recommend the best Thai restaurants around you, for example. 
So things like that where it's getting to know you, uh, works with voice recognition as well, so it can tell that you are talking to the device. This is kind of the next step in smartphones, I think, where they're going to become almost not not quite like your butler, but like your your assistant, where they're all constantly on hand to remind you about things, remind you about your appointments, give you a little nudge when when you need to remember something, suggest things as well at various times of the day. Uh, at the top of the screen, there's like a secondary display, so the main part of the screen remains undisturbed, but the top portion of the screen becomes your little reminder area. So if you've got something that's coming up, uh, if you've got a notification, it'll give you that little, it'll roll that down into that uh, top part of the screen while leaving the main part of the screen undisturbed. There's also a new audio feature on board called Sonic, and apparently we all hear audio differently. And the, the shape of our ears and the way we process sound, different from person to person. And what HTC has done with their new U-Sonic feature, it sends a sonic pulse to adapt to the output for your type of hearing. So it's like you've got a little mini sound engineer on board to tune the audio to optimize it to how you like to listen. The, uh, there's also a 12 megapixel camera on board, and this is uh, it builds on their already excellent camera that we saw with the HTC 10, as a matter of fact. So not too bad at all. The HTC U, this is coming the U Ultra coming in the next few weeks. Uh, there's still no availability and pricing, exact availability or pricing as yet, but we will be all over it if you keep reading. If you want to read that story and take a look at the photos, it's at techguide.com.au. But uh, also on the phone front, Huawei have announced the launch date of their new flagship product, the Mate 9. Now, we actually saw the Mate 9 at the Consumer Electronics Show. If you look at our, our photos on the, our story, that's actually my hand holding the phone. In Las Vegas, the Mate 9 has a massive 5.9-inch display, but the funny thing is it doesn't feel that big in your hand. It's pretty, it is pretty slim. The bezels are virtually uh, they're, they're hardly there on either side of the screen. So what, what feels like a 5.9-inch display is is, is fit into the product so nicely it, it's, it feels like a 5 inch or a 5.2 inch screen rather than a 5.9 the Mate 9 again pretty striking design sort of carries on from the Mate 8 this time out though it's got the Android 7 operating system but it's also got it's new EMUI 5.0 it's new streamlined interface and similar to what we mentioned with the U Ultra it is an intelligent system that gets to know your behavior over time so it adapts to your habits uh, apparently, they're saying that half the features can be accessed in as little as two clicks with this new system, 90% within three clicks. On the camera front, it's also uh, expanding the new dual lens camera system that was engineered by Leica. We saw that with the P9, you remember, with Huawei. They've carried this forward to the Mate 9. It's also got the Kirin 960 chipset on, on board, and that's going to give you greater energy consumption, or I should say more efficient energy consumption so that you can have a longer battery life. It also improves graphic performance, graphics performance by 400%. So if you're a gamer and you're like, 
playing games on your device, then the Mate 9 is going to deliver. It's got 4 gig of RAM, 64 gig of internal uh, storage as well. It's going to be available February the 7th. It's going to be available from Optus and Vodafone. That's where you can buy the Space Grey version. If you want the Mocha Brown, you've got to go to JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. Pricing for the outright purchase will be $999. And, of course, probably Optus and Vodafone will have them on a plan. February the 7th for the Mate 9, pricing $999. And if you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, there was a little surprise last week when Samsung made the little announcement that the new Gear S3 and the S2 and the Gear Fit 2 will now work with the iPhone. Uh, this was this was suggested about a year ago when the Gear S2 came out, uh, more than 12 months ago. They were saying that, yep, iOS compatibility is coming, but we saw nothing. Now the Gear S3 is out, the smartwatch, which we've reviewed on Tech Guide. It's an excellent product. It is now compatible with the iPhone, which I think is a really smart move on Samsung's part because it just expands the user base. If you've got an iPhone, that doesn't exclude you from using a Samsung smartwatch. Apple, of course, iPhone only the uh, the Apple Watch I should say only works with the iPhone, and that's Apple's way, and that's that's their business. They're going to make a ton of money anyway. Uh, but I think Samsung are pretty clever here with the compatibility compatibility with not only, of course, Samsung phones, but also Android phones and now iPhones. Uh, so if you've got an iPhone 5 or above, so we're talking the iPhone 5C, 5, iPhone 6, iPhone 6 Plus, iPhone 6S, 6S Plus, SE 7, 7 Plus, uh, which is a lot of phones. That's going back four years nearly for iPhones. They're going to be compatible with the with the uh, Samsung smartwatch and the smart fit, the Gear Fit. So what you need to do is download the iOS versions of the uh, Gear S and Gear Fit apps, which are now available through the App Store. The uh, Gear S3, as I said, uh, we've reviewed it on Tech Guide. It's a, it's a terrific new device. It's got a standalone GPS, waterproof, of course. Looks like a watch, a designed as a watch before it was a smartwatch. So if you're a real watch fanatic, you'll look at this and think, wow, that's a real watch. I think that's the biggest compliment you can pay to the, the Gear S3 is that it looks like a watch. Uh, and if if you are, there are a lot of people who are so into watches. That is a really important selling point to them that it actually looks like a watch. I've had people looking at my Gear S3 and saying that's a nice watch. And then when they see that the the screen is digital, they think, wow, that that's a smart watch. They're surprised, which is uh, as I said, a, a, the ultimate compliment you can pay for that kind uh, of device. The gear, the Samsung Gear S2, S3, and the Gear Fit 2 will now work with your iPhone if you have it. If you want to read the details you can check it out at techguide.com.au now while we're on the subject of the iphone it's actually been 10 years since steve jobs revealed the original iphone uh, i can remember the day like it was yesterday it was back it was the actual date was january the 9th 2007 and I was actually in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. It was one of those rare years where Macworld and and CES actually overlapped. Normally what would happen, I'd go to Vegas for CES 
and then hop a plane to San Francisco to cover Macworld. And Macworld back then, which wasn't run by Apple, but Apple was obviously the star guest. Apple used it as the as the event to make major announcements. And over the years, we've seen uh, the iPod Shuffle, the MacBook Air, all these all these great products. And and in two thousand and seven, the iPhone. It, it was rumors have been around for a while that Apple were going to produce something like this. And I've actually embedded the uh, the YouTube video of the present from 2007 and Steve Jobs said we're going to talk about a product that uh, we've got a product that's a uh, an internet device we've got a product that's a phone we've got a product that's a music player and he was going on and on about all these great features and then it was revealed that no we're not talking about three products we're talking about one product and he pulled out the iPhone and the world was never the same again and I'm not talking about just the tech world the world is not the same since because you look at what it's created it's created the ability to uh, you're carrying a computer in your pocket you can surf the web easy with this device as easy as sending a message very hard to do on any other phone before this Apple really broke the ceiling here broke the glass ceiling and changed everything they created the app the app world where companies uh, there are now billion dollar companies now because they can run on your phone and be used anywhere you go uh, the the result of this the 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 fallout of this amazing device is going to be talked about for decades to come and the day that it was announced january the 9th 2007 was uh, ironically it was the same day as press day in 2007 in las vegas now press day as i've mentioned on previous shows is when all the companies have their press conferences so you can imagine Apple in San Francisco has announced the iPhone, which absolutely just every, it was on everyone's lips. So all the products announced at press day by everyone else was just drowned out by an announcement made by Apple thousands of miles away in San Francisco. It was the talk of the show, even though they were never they weren't at CES, never have been, and never will. It absolutely was the talk of the show, even though they weren't there. So that was the impact it had on that day. And, of course, the impact it's had since then, uh, it's, it's created so many areas now where the smart home wouldn't be half of what it could be without the iPhone and the iPad and these kind of developments. So uh, the, the app world, as I mentioned, uh, the ability now to to share, use apps on the move, have this suit, this computer in your pocket that can do so many things and replace so many things. It's become our camera. It's our calendar, our diary, uh, everything that we used to have other devices for four is now all in one and it all started with the iphone announcement back in january the 9th 2007 if you want to read our retrospective about the iphone and just to see how far it's come you can check that out at techguide.com.au keeping you updated and educated this is tech guide with stephen Fenning. tech guide the Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. We live in a world where our connected devices have become an indispensable tool in our lives. Introducing Netgear's Nighthawk X10 Smart Wi-Fi Router. Built using the latest in Wi-Fi technology, the X10 allows users to get faster Wi-Fi speeds on multiple devices simultaneously and is perfect for 4K streaming, VR and super fast data transfers. The X10 features 
is the latest 11AC and 11AD wireless network technology and allows users to wirelessly transfer data at 4.6 gigabytes per second. This means your 4K video will take seconds, not minutes, to transfer. The Nighthawk X10 smart Wi-Fi router is also built to meet the needs of today's connected home. From connected deadbolts, smart lights, or Arlo Wi-Fi cameras, the four powered active antennas reduce interference and intelligently direct Wi-Fi across large distances. The Nighthawk X10 is also the first router with the Plex media server built in. Plex organizes all your video, music, and photo collections and gives you instant access to your content using an always-on router. Wireless is stream 4K video to any device, jitter-free for the ultimate family movie night. The NetEar Nighthawk X10 smart router contains a quad-core processor for unparalleled speed and power. So keep up with your fast-paced lifestyle. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Nighthawk X10, the world's fastest Wi-Fi router. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. A couple of quick ones on the Tech Guide help desk. Uh, we did have a question about wanting to buy a standalone smartphone so they can take it for a run uh, without needing their phone. Uh, well, the answer to that question is, well, the Gear S3, which we mentioned a moment ago, can do this. It's got built-in GPS. It's got also space to store music. You can connect bl- via Bluetooth to hear your music. Same thing for the Apple Watch Series 2. Also has built-in uh, built-in GPS and also has storage for some music, and you can wirelessly connect with your headphones. The, uh, the Our reader asked if they they were to, able to buy the LTE version, which means that there's a little SIM card inside the watch so that you can actually receive calls without having to use your phone. In Australia, that's not available. It's, it's not possible to have two SIM cards for the same number, so having another SIM card means you'd have to have another number, which is why Australian customers probably won't see this uh, in the near future future or even at all but the uh, those the gear s2 and the apple watch series sorry the gear s3 and the apple watch series 2 does have those standalone features standalone gps and also can be used to uh, store music and listen to that wirelessly without having your iphone or your other android phone with you another question i had was from another listener who uh, has a laptop with some sensitive information on board and it was a laptop that's used by other members of the family she was concerned that uh, they would see this sensitive information there's some maybe her work documents and things like that and was wondering how to protect that well the suggestion is quite easy you can create an encrypted folder so on a windows pc or even on a mac it is possible to create a little file vault a little a little folder that requires a password that allows only the person who knows the password to access the content not really hard to do uh, so if you want to protect all of your stuff you can do that and uh, and and keep it away from uh, some from people that you don't want them to see your sensitive information you're listening to tech guide And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And get in touch with us if you've got a question. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a shout-out to our sponsors as well, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.